David, I love that candle you're burning. You seem to always have a great candle burning. I am very aware of how room smells. When you've spent over a decade with a 75 pound Labrador retriever and two teenage boys, you start to worry that your house smells like the inside of a gym bag. I would imagine so. You know what I wish we'd had for the last decade? What? That Puro Air Purifier we now own and use all the time. I love my Puro Air too. Did you know that indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? Yes, I lived with two teenage boys. I can 100% testify <laughs> to that. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Gases from a preteen boy? <laughs> I'm dreading when my nephews start making those gases. Just you wait. Thankfully, Puro Air uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. You wouldn't drink unfiltered tap water, so why would you breathe unfiltered air? Thanks to my Puro Air Purifier, I feel like I can breathe again. Check it out at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time, getpuroair.com. Check it out now. Hey friends, welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. And I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you joined us for this conversation. Let's dive in. Sarah Molitor is most notably known as mom to her seven kids, six boys, yes, you heard that correctly, and their newest little girl, her role as wife and mother has shaped her more than any other title she has acquired. Along with raising her children, she also homeschools them full-time. As a registered nurse, her passion was and still is helping others. Although no longer working as a nurse, she is now the creative force behind Modern House Family on Instagram and on their Modern House Family website. There she encourages, challenges, and inspires her community of followers on a daily basis. Sarah has written two children's books and Well Said is her debut nonfiction book. It's fun to actually get to meet you and would love for you to share a little bit about your story, about your seven children, about your family, about how you found yourself doing all the things that you're doing now. If you'll jump in there, we'd love it. Yes. Well, thanks for having me. And absolutely. So my husband, Tim and I, we live in central Washington state. We've been married about 14 years and we have seven kids, as you mentioned, six boys and just had our little girl this year. So we have, we range in ages from like 11 down to six months old, which is quite fun wow. and quite exciting. They're all about 21 months apart. So if you can like picture that me, I feel like I've been Ugh. pregnant or breastfeeding for 11 years <laughs> and doing all the things and that's, that's okay. But the day I can like say the day my husband and I met, I did not know he was coming down to like ask me out on a date because he had known me through his family. Um, and he, we came down and it was a totally love at first sight story. So much so mm. that, I mean, that first day it was like, we are going to get married. And our parents were like, wow. hold the bus. Like, so, you know, <laughs> as you, which I can imagine now as a parent, what that felt like a little bit. Sure. And 
despite all that, um, at five months we were engaged. The next summer we were married. And I feel like that excitement and enthusiasm and Twitter patient and all the things has kind of like rolled into our parenting and how we live life. And it's just been a really exciting road. And 11 years later, here we are with seven kids. And I just, I love having a large family. Mm. And so what has come from that and out of our own walking through some seasons that were hard, um, I started, my husband said, I really think you should get a hobby, which was kind of like at the time I was like, that's kind of rude. I don't know if you're saying that like very nicely. (laughs) He's like, I can't be your everything. So you Mm. probably need something. And I was pretty lonely at that time. So I was like, okay, I hear you. I picked up a camera we had. I taught myself photography from that. My sister was like, you should have your kids like model clothes and like take pictures of them. That'd be cute. Started as that on Instagram. and. The Lord did so much more, which has been so cool. I I remember three years in, I asked my husband, I said, I kind of want to pivot. I'm kind of tired of taking pictures of my kids in cute clothes. And like, what if we started sharing our lives? I I see these people that do this. They're, They're called like lifestyle bloggers, you know, and this whole idea. And he was like, you know what, if that brings you joy, like do that. And as I started sharing our lives, my testimony, community happened and more community happened. And just the other day, my mom was telling me and I was agreeing that just only God could have done that. And it was such a cool thing to see from there to now how it's come to be and how it's still going. And it's just been really exciting. Mm. That's amazing. Incredible. Well, and you really are probably the best person we could have on our podcast this season as we're talking about ages and stages because you're in so many of them. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. All, all the ages and stages. Yes. But will you first tell us a little bit about your new book and would love to hear you speak to just what you hope parents can gain from reading it. Yeah, well said, which I'm so excited about was really first born out of a season of struggle, Mm -hmm. like most things, like most good stories, like unfortunately, and not that I would wish it away, but I'm so glad that God is going to use that for his glory Mm -hmm. and to speak to people and hopefully encourage people who maybe are going through um, the same things, but there was a moment or a series of moments after I got married where I didn't like the circumstances I was in. You know, I had the husband of my dreams. Um, he moved me up to his hometown and all of a sudden I was like, this is not, I want you, but I don't want to live here. I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to be having all this where you have everything you want. And I had to walk away from everything I knew. Now, like, let's put this in perspective. The last part was like three hours away. So it wasn't like I was exiled to across the country, Mm. but it felt like that. And out of that, some heart things began to happen. I would say a lot of discontentment, Mm. a lot of bitterness, a lot of resentment for you have, and I don't have. And the symptom of that became my words Mm. and how I spoke to my husband, unfortunately. And what started as kind of what I like to say is like a drip, 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 like it talks about in Proverbs, like became a flood and it started becoming damage control. And I don't think at any point I ever questioned like, will we be married? But it was how much can I tow the line before so much damage is done? And so thankful that in there, in a moment of where everything just kind of blew to pieces, I called my parents looking for affirmation, looking for them to say, yes, you're in the right. You're our daughter. We love you. And so thankful that they didn't say that. So thankful that they said, instead, we see what's been happening. 
and you have a choice and and you're either going to stick in what you're doing and it's not going to go well for you, or you can make a choice to change right now, turn it completely around, stop, and it will go well for you, but it's going to take some time. Mm. And so really glad they did that. And the story in the book kind of weaves that into what has become a very hope-filled journey and being, um, I don't want to say on the other side of it, but on a healthier side of it, because I'm still learning and yeah, just walking out of that. And then also how that's trickled, not just from my marriage, but into my parenting as well. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for yeah. your vulnerability and sharing it. Because I think we certainly yeah. have yeah. all been there in one way or another where we're not being who we want to be. And I love that your parents kind of helped you yeah. see a little more clearly in that moment. And so we've been counseling families for 30 years at this point. And one of the things that we have both talked about is we have never heard parents feel as discouraged as they do today. And you are talking about a season of discouragement for sure, but just Mm -hmm. having seven kids on some days is going to be discouraging too. We would love to hear knowing how much value you place on words. We would love to hear what words of encouragement you would want to offer parents who are feeling weary and discouraged right now. Yeah, one thing I'm personally learning in this season is just that God is a God who carries, if that makes sense. And he carries mm. our burdens, yes. he carries us, he carries our children, he carries our worries, our ideas, like all of it. He's just a God who carries it all. And I'm learning that he mm. replaces, like in that carrying, he replaces weariness with strength and he replaces joy with peace and all the tools we need. Um, so I'm working to lean into that. I'm working to say it. I'm working to speak it. I'm working to do it even when it doesn't sink deep into my heart, because I know that the more I practice it, it will sink deep into my heart. So I guess just knowing that the seasons of weariness, the seasons of worry and difficulty, they're temporary, they're seasons. And the more I've realized Mm -hmm. that, the more it's easy to say, even to like my husband, like, this is hard but it's temporary. It's not going to be forever. Like one of the things I love to tell myself is that my child will not walk down the aisle in a pull-up. And what I mean by that is that, you know, like when you're, when you're, you know, great statement, when you're potty training your kid, like that's like a very weary season. I had one kid who like Mm. caught on to pottying really quickly, caught on to pooping, not so quickly. And I kept telling myself in that entire long drawn out months, like, he is not going to wear a pull-up down the aisle. Like he is going to get through this. Like just to remind myself that this was temporary. So that's my main encouragement to, you know, parents is just that God carries you. He's in it, but that what you're facing isn't forever. Mm. Mm. So good. Well, and you are obviously on a mission to encourage parents. You also talk a lot about the importance of inspiration and joy. And will you talk some more about those ideas and how you would say parents can have more of those two in their lives? Yeah. The perspective, it's so funny because like everything, it's like, oh, give encouragement in this. And I feel like I'm just encouraging myself in this. I'm just, you know, living in it. But the perspective I feel like I've been living in for a while now is asking myself in a positive way, what's the alternative? And this is something... Mm. I asked myself, even when I was walking out of that difficult season in marriage, it was what's the alternative because I had seen the negative side of it. I had seen 
the, this isn't working out and the damaging part of it. So the alternative was what, how could I walk in to not do that? And in parenting, I feel like it's a lot of the same thing, realizing that the atmosphere, um, that I affect the atmosphere of every space I'm in, including my home, um, especially my home. And so do, what do I want that atmosphere to be like? What do I want that to feel like? And what's the alternative would be, I know I don't want it to feel this way. So how do I get to the alternative of that? How do I get it to be joyful and peace-filled and all those things? Um, and the first place for that for me to look would be the Bible, to know that because I figured if I know who God is, I'm, I'm created to reflect his image. And so if I know who he is, I can reflect that in my home as a parent. So, you know, I know God is a joyful God. So how can I reflect the, that fruit of the spirit in my home and that joyfulness? Um, and then once I realize that, and once I can kind of flow in that, it almost makes it easier to flow in other things that he is. And first it starts, it feels like it very much starts out as forced practice sometimes. And it is, and that's okay. I feel like some people want to say like, that feels very forced. That's okay. It might be, but eventually it settles into who you are and it's not forced anymore. And it, and it's just who you are and it just becomes a part of you. And so that's the really exciting part and the part that, you know, is the hopeful part of it for me. Mm, yes. Yeah. We talk a lot about practicing. I love that word. <laughs> yes. So, so you, I mean, this season, as we said, is about the ages and stages. And if you were, before we jump to your kids, what would you say about yourself? What was your favorite stage growing up and why? I have such fond memories of being a child. I mean, there were definitely stages I can remember like, oh, I didn't like that one as much. <laughs> but I would say the sweet spot for me was like that 9, 10, 11 mm. spot, kind of right in there. Because on one hand, you are this carefree child. The world isn't affecting you. Like the weight of the world isn't really in your purview, in your perspective. Like you're learning things but you know, you're not affected by it. You're still under that nice, like protective covering of your parents. You're allowed to be a child. You're allowed to be carefree. I mean, I remember being, you know, sent out by my mom with a large Mason jar and she's like, go find a bug and create a habitat. Here you go. That's your, that's your day. (laughs) Like that was exciting to me. Like that's the carefreeness of what I'm feeling. I remember playing outside, you know, with neighborhood kids, um, and just not really having those worldly pressures. There is not a heaviness of, you know, big things and how they're affecting me. But I also knew at the same time that I was being raised in a loving home that loved Jesus. And I was able to participate in that. So although there was discipline too, and things that were happening and training and discipling, that wasn't, that's not like looking back, that's not my takeaway. That's not the highlight to me. The highlight was the carefreeness of that Mm. stage. Mm. Good thing to remember. I love that. David, did you get your taxes finished? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> what are you eating? Okay, I am obsessed with these new Chipotle barbecue kettle chips. Will you share? I would have, but they are all gone. Where'd you get them? Thrive Market. Uh, how much do we love Thrive Market? I could record an entire podcast about that topic. You know who else loves Thrive Market? Patches. She loves the surf and turf meaty littles from the Honest Kitchen. I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on. (laughs) From pets to kids to grownups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive. 
Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. David, how much did you save on your last order? I saved $32. I saved over $12.67. How much did Patches save? (laughs) A lot. She's ordering more than I am. You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month. Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. I love that too. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash RBG for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash RBG. Thrivemarket.com slash RBG. Sissy, we just spoke in town last night and reminded the parents in the room about putting on their oxygen mask first. That great reminder that flight attendants give parents when they board flights. With summer rolling around and kids home more hours of the week than ever, that reminder feels so important. A hilarious dad who works from home told me last night at the book table that when school ends, sometimes his sanity does as well. (laughs) (laughs) You know who could help that dad out? Our friends at Wendy. Wendy is here to help parents relieve the stress in finding high-quality sitters when they need them. I am talking daily with parents who are worried about summer childcare logistics. Wendy offers a nanny service where they match college students with families for the summer. We all love summer, and your kids especially love summer, but we lose the consistent schedule of kids in school. This creates all kinds of problems. Thankfully, there is a solution to this problem. Wendy, that's W-Y-N-D-Y, is an app that connects families to college student nannies literally in minutes. These college student nannies are background checked, interviewed, and honestly, just awesome. Wendy has been around for seven years. Over 20,000 families have used Wendy to complete more than 140,000 jobs. There are hundreds of qualified college student nannies on Wendy ready to work near you. Families have greater child care needs in the summer, and college students are looking for jobs. Wendy is here to match families to these college nannies. Everybody wins. This could be part-time or full-time. Wendy has a match for your needs. All you have to do is go to wendy.com slash rbg to start a search for a nanny, and as a special offer, they are going to knock $50 off your search if you go through that link. Wendy provides top-notch service, but at a fraction of the cost of a traditional nanny agency and no ongoing fees. Here's how it works. Go to wendy.com slash rbg to start your search. A Wendy concierge will find great matches for your job and set up interviews for you. You choose the one you like. 
Get started now because there are a lot of parents out there looking for nannies for the summer. Go to wyndy.com slash rbg. Would love to even flip that question and think about it with your kids because we talked about you are in a lot of the stages. Yeah. What's been your favorite stage yeah. of parenting so far and why? Oh, goodness. I, I am like a glutton for, and this is probably why we have seven kids. I am a glutton for every, like I tell, you'll hear me and my husband say often like, oh, this is such a fun stage. I love this. Mm. And so we like to stay in that cycle. But if I could pick one, I would almost marry two. I would say my three-year-old right now and my 11-year-old for the same mm. reasons. My, my three-year-old is in this fun stage of learning everything. Like we are in leaps right now, right? We are we are taking on information. We are talking his conversations. I mean, they will go from A, B to Z in like two seconds and you don't know how you got there, but it's mm. fun. It's like exciting. And you and I just love to go with that. Like wherever he goes, I'm like, this is fun. Like this is so great, <laughs> you know? And then at the same time, my 11-year-old, it feels like he's almost in that same thing, but from a different mm. lens, he's in that, learning and that leap and finding out all sorts of things, but his questions are more informative and exciting and curious about how the world works and how does that affect me? Yet again, underneath the umbrella of like mom and dad, not safety net, but super fun. And one of the, one of the things someone told me one time was they said, I love when kids ask questions because what I like to do in parenting, like, because I don't want to I don't want to always tell my kids, this is what you believe and why, like, this is just it. I really want them to have that for themselves. So I love to be able to tell him, well, this is what that is. What do you think mm. about that? Like, how does that? And usually like, I mean, 10 times out of 10, his moral compass and what he says is like, well, I don't, I don't think that's right at all. And I'm like, yeah, neither mm. do I, you know, and that's how. And so just being able to have those conversations is really exciting to me. Because I feel like I'm just getting this outward glimpse of like this shaping of this future adult, which is yes, really fun. That is so fun. Okay, flipping that, what would you say has been the hardest stage and why? I would say my two-year-old mm. right now. <laughs> he is like in a tough toddler stage. And, you know, it's it's what what I want to say in that is that even in the toughness, there's like so much joy, right? I never want to overcast tough seasons with the fact that there isn't joy in it. Like the same way I don't want to look back at my marriage and say that was a really terrible season, but not all of it was terrible. There was a lot of love and goodness in that moment. Um, but he's just on that cusp, my two-year-old, where communication is tricky, where he doesn't have as many words as everyone else. And so that leaves a lot of frustration on both yes. ends, <laughs> on yes. his end and on our end. And so he can understand things and he can ask, or, you know, we can ask and we can say, go pick up your shoe, go throw that in the garbage, you know, go do this. Can you bring me this? Where are you? And he can understand a lot of that. But then, you know, when he talks back and he's like, oh, eh, uh, bleh, bleh, and you're like, okay, can you point to it? Can you, can you make it a little bit more specific? You know, it, it just, it's hard sometimes in that to see out mm. of it, even though I have a bunch of other kids and I know he'll sure. pop out of it. It's just, it makes it a lot harder. And sometimes my husband and I will be out and about or like on a vacation and we'll say, 
he is more work than all the other six combined right now. And that's not to say he'll be there forever. It's just the moment he's in feels a lot more than the other ones who just are able to manage and do their own things and communicate or just be a newborn, you know, and not have to worry about anything. Yeah, that's good encouragement for so many parents that are listening that feel that, that feel like they're in that season. Yeah. Along those lines, is, is there anything you wish that someone had said to you about this hardest stage or anything you would want to say to another parent about this hardest, hardest stage? Yeah, I wish, and I feel like I'm getting a little bit of it now. I'm so thankful for my mom. She's been breathing a little bit of this word of flexibility Mm -hmm. into me. Um, And I think she, she would say that in her season with four young kids under the age of five, she didn't have much flexibility. And so she's seeing it now. And she's, I'm so thankful she's willing to like speak that in and say like, Hey, this is what I saw that I didn't do. And I would encourage you to flow in it and as much as you can, but just the flexibility that I, I tend to be a very scheduled person. Um, but to be willing to say that's not working right now for this moment. And so I can, I can flip, I can, I can change and I can make a call to do something different or in homeschooling, that's not working for this child like it did for the first one. So how can I lean into your personality and say, you learn better this way. And likewise, you know, I want my babies to sleep. Like I I would like my sleep too. It's really nice when mom's sleeping. And so if a newborn or a baby is not sleeping, to not let that just rule and dictate my life, but to lean in and say, you know, like this, this is a very temporary thing back to the seasons thing. This is a very seasonal thing and we're not going to be here forever. And it's okay if, you know, that night I hold her all night because it's just not working out any Mm. other way. And that's been a journey for me because I don't, I don't naturally want to do those things, but I see that when I do do them, there's value and there's fruit from that. And so that makes me want to lean into it more and do it more because I see, I see the response of that and how it changes things for me, even in my days. Yeah. And then, oh, you, and then you asked, you know, what is the best parenting advice you had been given and I would say kind of twofold or two that pair together really, really well. First one is that we aren't just raising children. We are also raising future mm-hmm. adults. So taking both into consideration, I don't want to not, you know, raise my child in the moment, but I also want to consider how will that look in the future for them? So, you know, like if there's like a laundry thing, my boys love to leave their clothes on the ground <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but that's a real practical thing. But if, but if I, if I look at that and I just am always picking up for them and never allowing to do that for himself, maybe that's helping in the moment, but maybe when they're a 19 year old who's going off to college and living in a dorm room, like, and then they just leave their clothes on their own because mom always picked them up. Like that's not helping them mm. in that future scenario. So how can I take care of them in the moment, value that, but also look and say, Hey, like this is actually a lifelong practical thing that will help you um, function when you're older and mom wants to, mom wants to give you that gift. Like I want to give you the gift of functioning well when you're a grown adult and you're growing up. And then, and then paired with that, the other thing would be that making, realizing that the consequence you give your child in a hard moment should be equal to the offense. That makes sense. So like, I can only speak for myself, but when something happens, like something happened with my son a while back, And I 
for some reason, it triggered me. It fired me up and I wanted to cancel Christmas. I wanted to cancel birthdays. <laughs> I wanted to like cancel life because I was like that, like I am this frustrated. And it was just one specific time. And in retrospect, it wasn't a big deal. Um, and I got talked off the ledge of the, you know, my husband was like, okay, let's, let's look at this. Like, this isn't, is this really as big as you're making it to be, you know, do we need to cancel everything or can we just say you were unkind in this way? So for the next three days, you're going to show your brother kindness Mm. by doing this. And you're going to have to do that because it's equal, you know, canceling a birthday party isn't equal to maybe being unkind to your brother. That's not, you know, the thing we're addressing. And so I'm so glad someone spoke that into me, or maybe I read it. I read it at one point that just that that consequence being equal to the offense, it's really helped me level my parenting Mm -hmm. a little bit and, and stay a little bit more even killed and not always be all over the place in everything I do and how I react and Mm -hmm. what I say. I love that you're thinking, I mean, I I don't know how you're doing it because I feel like with seven kids, you're so have to be in the moment, but it it just seems like you're parenting with such a long view of, of who your kids are becoming and who you, what you want to be instilling in them in the long run. And just so grateful for that perspective in you. Me too. Yeah. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available. Relieve sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Yeah, and I hope so. And I feel like a lot of it just is built because I've walked the alternative. Like we said, other, like what's the alternative? And so I don't think it's anything in my own strength. It's just, I think, because I know I've seen the the yucky side of it and I I don't want to live in that Mm. for my kids. Well, we're super excited for your book to come out. Yes, we are. Based on everything you've said today. Thank you. And we love to end Thank with you. something fun and food related. <laughs> Move from parenting to food. Love that. And <laughs> yes. I have to tell you that that before I ask this question, I am so curious about the mechanics of meals for you, no both kidding. the amount of food you must purchase and <laughs> the amount of time it must take to prepare. <laughs> yeah. So you can speak to purchase and preparation and also... Would love yes. to ask 
Yeah. Is there a meal that you would say defined your growing up? Or is there a family meal that you would suspect could define your kids growing up? Yeah. Okay. Well, the purchasing and prepping, that's a fun question too, because we always laugh. Like it's a game when we go to the grocery store, like how many carts can we get away with this time? And how long will this last us? Um, I remember sitting, my one of my sister-in-laws has four boys and they're all grown now. And I remember sitting when I had just a couple young kids and hers were like teenage boys in her room and they were like, let's have a snack. And they proceeded to pull out three loaves of bread, two jars of jam and two things of peanut butter. And I was like, I'm sorry, that's a snack? Like that, that's... And she just kind of laughed it off. And now I'm like, oh, I realized that a little bit more deeply in my... I feel yes. that. <laughs> but, you know, um, so that's kind of the funny side of it. And I feel like when I cook, I have... The proportions are out the door. Like I'm either cooking for an army of 50 or I'm cooking for no one. So you're going to get, you know, one, one, one or the other. <laughs> but for food... Okay, this is funny because the two things I'm going to say then and now, I'm just realizing kind of now are relating. But growing up, my mom made this dish that we all kind of loathed. It wasn't even a bad dish, but the thing, reason we loathed it, it was called chicken divan and it was a casserole, you know, casseroles like 80s, 90s. That was totally. the kind of the casseroles. And I can see why as a parent of a lot of people. And she, the chicken divan part was good. It was like chicken with, I'm sure canned soups and sauces. It was good. The problem was, is that she took broccoli, chopped it down and sprinkled it over the whole thing and like mixed it in. And so there was no, there was no safe bite. Like, you know, you couldn't like dig the edges and be like, oh, I missed the broccoli. Like it was shreds of broccoli everywhere. So we'd all just sit there like trying to shred through these shreds of broccoli to get to the chicken part over. Anyway, fond memories of that. Thanks, mom. <laughs> I am so grateful. But the best part is that I was going to say now, like our go-to is some sort of chicken over rice. <laughs> so I don't know if that's like coming that's back so to me, funny. but we joke because whenever we make food, the boys will say, what are we having tonight for dinner, mom? And um, my answers are either I don't know at 4 p.m. or it's your favorite chicken. Because if I just put the word favorite in front of it, they just go back to whatever chicken they really liked that I made. And they're like, oh, favorite. Yeah, I love that chicken. And I'm like, yeah, that one. That's the favorite. Like, that's the favorite one. And it's kind of, I I, I like wish they would never grow out of this because my mom does the same thing whenever she wants her grandkids like something. She says, oh, this is Nana's famous. And I'm like, that, that is genius. That yes. is so genius. Like you just... They love everything you do because it's famous. Wow. And so I'm trying to take a little bit of that and just, you know, oh, that's it's our favorite yes. meat tonight. Like <laughs> make them love it no that matter what. That is a great pro tip. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yes. Well, and, and the reality being with seven kids, it really is somebody's favorite. You, you, it's their <laughs> treats in that. Somebody lying. probably yeah, like this one thing the best. Like this one thing the best. I think we should call this episode the seasons of parenting and your favorite chicken. I love <laughs> it. It's so good. Oh, wow. Gosh, Sarah, thank you. Such a great conversation with you. So much insight practically and big picture. And yes, just really grateful for you. You are in the trenches and thank you for sharing that with oh us. My goodness. Thank you for making a space and having me on here. Well, we're cheering for you about your new book. Thank Absolutely. you. It was a pleasure to meet you. Did you love today's episode? If so, would you mind sharing it with a friend? 
send a quick text or email with the link to the show. Join us next time for another episode where we'll bring you help and hope on your journey of raising boys and girls. 